So today is the fifth installment in our discourse on developing life skills for marketplace relevance and dominance in this life masterclass. Um, in case someone is connecting with us online and this is your first time um, of being a part of this service, every first um, service of the Gateway Church is dedicated to career and business advancement. We call it the life masterclass because we strongly believe in this house that the church is not just a place where we are equipped right, to um, grow spiritually or mature in the things of the spirit. It's also important, you know, how well we do in the marketplace, how well we do in our businesses and in our careers. God is interested in every other area of our lives and not just in the development of our spirit. And so as a church, we have dedicated 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. every Sunday, right, to equipping ourselves for marketplace relevance. Hallelujah. And in the last four, you know, parts, not four Sundays because we skipped the Breakthrough Festival Sunday, um, We've spoken about a couple of things and bring him to me. Then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen the son of Jason, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome man, and the Lord is with him. Like I've been emphasizing in the past couple of you know messages in this series. Here, they didn't say they were looking for a man that could play. They said a man that could play well. So it simply means whatever it is that you're doing, you must develop the capacity to do it well. So it simply means David was not the only app player in his days. He was not the only one who could play the app well. He was not the only one who could play the harp, right? But I want to even believe he was not the only one who could play it well. But he was the one that was top of mind. It was the one that came to the mind of the person that had the king's ears, that had influence with the king. And so it simply means that David was not just skillful in playing, right? He was also skillful in ensuring that the right people knew what he had the ability to do. Because there are so many things that you and I, we can know how to do it. But you see, if the right people don't know that you know how to do those things, it is as good as you not even knowing how to do those things. Did you get that drift this morning? You see, and we've spoken about the fact that the first marketplace, you know, skill we need to develop is deep spirituality. If you're not a spiritual person, especially as a believer, you are playing at a serious disadvantage in the marketplace. If you are not spiritual, and I'm not talking about being religious, there are many religious people who are not spiritual. There are many people who attend all church services, observe every fast read the Bible from cover to cover, but they are not spiritual. You see, they are religious, but not spiritual. We already explained what that means, so I'm not going to go over it again. Please understand that only the skillful become useful in life and the marketplace. Please write it down. Only the skillful become useful in life and the marketplace. Only the skillful become useful in life and the marketplace. You are as useful to the extent to which you are skillful. You are as useful to God uh, and to humanity to the extent to which you are skillful. That's why even in the construction of the temple, when God was giving Moses instructions, God told Moses specifically that he had anointed a man by the name of Bezalel, right, in the construction of the work of the temple. 
God said, I've given him the ability. He can do the work well. I strongly believe it was not only Bezalel that could do what he could do. But God selected him. Why? Because he was good at what he was doing. Oftentimes as believers, we take attention of the necessity of skill. And we just try to say things like, you know, no, God, God is just going to do it as long as I can just, you know, do the barest minimum. Once I can fast and sow seed with it, God will cover up the rest. God does not work that way. Imagine if you're an engineer. Think um, there is a talk by the federal government. They've been saying it. We don't know where they will start. They said they want to construct, is it Fourth Milan Bridge now? Huh? Fourth Milan Bridge, right? So you imagine you are, I believe, an engineer. Right? You have fasted, you have prayed, you have so seed, you have come to your pastor, they've laid hand, laid leg, poor hoy. But you are not a good engineer. They now give you that contract. After maybe one month or two months, the bridge now cracks one day. And maybe 100,000 people lose their life. Is, is that kind of God faithful? You yourself as a human being, if you are a good person, huh, will you give someone like that the contract? No, you shouldn't. So the fact that you are praying, the fact that we are fasting and doing every other thing we're supposed to do. And I love one of the things Jesus said in the book of Matthew. He said, this you ought to do without ignoring the others. While our prayer is very important, our fasting is very important, our seed sowing is very important, our word study is very important, our service in the house of God is very important. However, we must not allow that to replace, you know, the necessity of developing skill at whatever it is that we are doing. You can't be a caterer. We eat your food, and in the food, we are eating stones. Huh? I don't know if there are still stones in beans. And rice. As you try to chew the thing, you're, ah, this is stone. What happened here? Or maybe you cook salt and added rice. <laughs> but you say the grace of no, the grace of God does not work like that. It doesn't. So please understand this as believers. It is very important for us to be skillful. I don't know what it is that you're doing, but you can become better at that thing you're doing. Are you a customer service representative? Are you a fashion designer? Are you an IT specialist? Are you a salesperson? Whatever it is you're doing, a preacher, you can always get better at what you're doing. And let me tell you, the thing about developing skill is that it is a never-ending journey. Please write that down. Developing skill, right, is a never-ending journey. It's a never-ending journey. There would always be a new version you can evolve into. There would always be a new version, a better version, a final version, right? Finer, right? That you can evolve into. But to say, oh, I've developed skills in this area and I don't need to develop it anymore. Imagine those who were, you know, secretaries and PAs, executive assistants years ago. They knew how to use the typewriter. And they could type I don't know how many words per minute. That's just someone could type 200 words, and the average person could type 50. If such personalities did not evolve in their skill, right, in, in being an executive assistant, they would have lost their job by now. The only place they'll be able to work is at the high courts, swearing affidavit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because there is no office you go to today that you will say typewriter. 
At worst, you will see an hunchback computer. That's even if you see that. Imagine you go to, I know some of us may not even know in floppy dicks. How many of us remember floppy dicks? Okay. Imagine you enter an office now, you see floppy dicks. Many people are not even using flash anymore. The word is even, do you understand what I'm saying? So there is always a better version you can evolve into. And who you are or the current version you currently are is not the best that you can be. It's not the best. So the very first thing is deep spirituality. Number two, we said is selling. And I've sat on that because that is very important for us as believers. Because sometimes we just think that angels will do certain things for us. Please understand that every miracle has a God part and a man part. Never forget that. The marketplace miracle requires something from your part, right? And it is that thing that we provokes God's own part. It is man's responsibility that provokes God's ability. If you are not doing your own part, please don't expect a miracle. Study your Bible. Everyone that experienced a miracle was given a responsibility. Everyone. No matter how small the responsibility was, however, there was something to be done. They wanted to cross the Red Sea. The people were crying out to Moses. Moses went to God. God said, why are you crying? Stretch forth your rod towards the Red Sea. Now, was it the rod that parted the Red Sea? Yes and no. Yes, in the sense that it was the obedience in lifting the rod that made the Red Sea to part. However, if someone else had gone to that sea and stretched forth a rod, nothing would have happened. So there was still something to be done. So we need to understand that there is a part you and I need to play. And one of those parts, which is a skill we need to develop, is also selling. Selling. I remember we have said that selling is making yourself believable. We said it is providing people or persuading people to see things from your point of view. We also said it is improving people's lives by solving their problems. We've also spoken about the five critical questions that culminate in successful selling. Questions like, who am I selling to? Second question, where are the people I'm selling to? Third question, when is the best time to sell to the people I'm selling to? Fourth question, what is the most effective medium in selling to the people I'm selling to? And the fifth question, we said is, in what way or ways do the people I'm selling to prefer things being sold to them? So it's very important to ask this question. We said 12 things that you need to sell or that you should or must be selling in the marketplace. Number one, we said is what? Your passion. Number two is what? Your vision. Number three is what? Your values and convictions. Number four is what? Your destination or your future. Number five is what? Your past victories. And I emphasize that when you go for an interview, right, or you submit a proposal, when they ask questions like, tell us about yourself, they are not asking for your name or your village or the name of your village chief. They are not interested. What they are asking is your past victories. What have you done? Why should we hire you? Why are you qualified for this job? That's why when you get to certain people's offices, you see, you know, plaques. Is it plaques or plaques? Which one's the correct pronunciation? Plaques, right? On the wall. The awards they have received. So when you walk into that kind of space, something tells you that this person, right, has achieved a couple of things. Am I making sense? So when people walk into a particular space or you see a picture and you see awards behind that person, you're like, wow, this person has done something with their life. That's why when David appeared before Goliath, David didn't just say, oh, I can kill, the, I, I can kill Goliath. Or when he appeared before Saul, he didn't just say, I can kill Goliath. No, he spoke about his past victories. And so let me tell you this, everybody has a past victory. 
It's just that most time we ignore it and we don't pay attention to it or we don't value it. We don't value it. Like I've told us time and time again, what you need for your next level, you already have. And it is not in someone else's hand, it is in your own hand. What you need for your next level, you already have. Look at your neighbor in the face, say neighbor. What you need for your next level, you already have. You already have it. When the widow woman was going to be rescued from indebtedness, it was what she had that God used. It was what she had. Oh, go borrow more vessels, but that oil you have, keep pouring it. And it will keep flowing. But it was out of watch here. So let me tell you this. Every one of us, we already have the victories that we need to sell in order for us to go to our next level. You already have it. If you dig well into your past and you think deep enough, there are certain things that you have done, you have achieved, that is not easy for every other person to achieve. So you sell your past victories. Number six, your uniqueness or your difference. So you sell your difference or your uniqueness. What makes you stand out? And let me tell you, your uniqueness cannot be price. I always like to emphasize that for business owners. Your uniqueness cannot be price. It is not lower prices that makes people buy. Huh? It's not lower prices. People will live cheaper, so go for what is more reliable. Am I making sense? See, let me tell you this. There is nothing that is expensive. There are only people who can afford it. No matter how much they say something is expensive, some people buy it effortlessly. So they say, ah, hey, maybe it's because it's expensive. That's why I'm not selling. No. Look for where your buyers are. It simply means you are selling to the wrong crowd. Nothing is expensive. That's one thing I told myself years ago. Nothing is expensive. You may not be able to afford it yet, but it does not mean it's expensive. So I never see anything. I see the price. I say, ah, what is it? No, 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 no. I never do that. Never. I only tell myself I'm coming back. I'm coming. And back coming back is not a lie. It's a prophecy. Maybe I go to a store, there's something I like, and I check it out. Oh, when I, are you not buying it? So I said, I'll come back. It's not a lie. It's not, it's not a statement of escape so that you would not think this guy doesn't have money. No, it's a prophecy. I would say, ah, you know, it's so expensive. Ah, you have just disqualified yourself from having such things. Am I making sense? So sell your difference and your uniqueness. Number f- seven, we said you sell your change. And this was where I stopped last week Sunday. You sell your change. Bill Gates changed the world of work through Microsoft. The Wright brothers changed the world of travel through the airplane. Elon Musk is changing the world's dependence on fuel. Reday Sins and Mark Randolph through Netflix changed the world of entertainment. Eric Kwan through Zoom changed the way we meet through the development of Zoom. What change are you bringing to the marketplace? What change are you bringing to your workplace? I hear what I'm saying. So you get to your office, see, everybody that brings a change, they are usually recognized. There is a way things have been done, but must still always be done in that exact same way. This can be done in a different way. And you see, it takes observation and thoughtfulness for you to recognize what can be changed and done in a better way. If you are not observing what is already seen, the development of the new car, the electric cars, is not an um, as it were, it's not an invention, it's an innovation. So change is either an invention or an innovation. 
What is an invention? You are creating something new out of nothing. What is an innovation? You are creating something new out of what already exists. For instance, the iPhones, the Samsung S Ultra or whatever, S22 or whatever, whatever, those are not inventions. They are innovations. It was the phone of Alexander Graham Bell that was the invention of telephone. So every other person can only tweak the way telephone is being used. As long as the communication tool, it becomes an innovation and not an invention. So every change you are going to bring into the world, bring into your workplace, right, bring into your industry, does not necessarily have to be an innovation. Oh, sorry, does not necessarily have to be an invention. It can be an innovation. Oh, so you get to a new place. I say, oh, why, sir or ma'am, I think we can do this this particular way. And please be sure that that thing you said we can do can produce better results or else you may lose your job. Sometimes people are always, uh, and nobody's paying attention to my ideas. And when I give ideas, they don't look at my side. Nobody's answering me. Because you are not willing to accept responsibility for your idea. I hear what I'm saying. You know, sometimes people, when they've not undoed much and they've not built nothing, they have different lofty ideas about how the people that have built things, the kind of freedom. You see, I hear a lot of young people saying things, especially Gen Z, you know, I, I want a place where I can be free to do anything I like. Then go and start your own thing. So somebody has multinational clients. <laughs> they are servicing clients that one error can lead to the loss of hundreds of millions. You are now saying they should allow you to, to be free. Free doing what? Free doing what? Your freedom is within boundaries. When you are playing in the realm of 10,000, 50,000, you can be allowed to be free. Because if you lose the money, huh, your friends and family can bail you out. Sometimes when I hear some people say things like, you know, they are not allowing us to be free, you know, you know, my ideas are not being accepted. Can you fund the idea if everything goes south? Praise the Lord. Number next thing you need to sell, which is number eight, is your expertise. Your expertise. Your expertise. What are you good at? What are you the best at? In your industry, in your field, in your workplace, what is that thing that no one can do it the way you do it? See, everybody wants the best, even if they can afford it. Everybody wants the best. So what are you the best at? What are you good at? What is that thing? Because that was what they said about David. Say he can play the harp well. See, you must know many things. You must know something about everything. But you must know everything about one thing. So it simply means you should have the breadth of knowledge. And you must also have the depth of knowledge. You have the breadth of knowledge in that you are not an ignoramus. You have an idea of what is happening around you in different industries. But in one particular field, you must know everything there is to know. So that when they ask you any question in that industry, you have answers. So sell your expertise. Number nine, sell your solutions. Sell your solutions. What problem or problems have you identified and made up your mind to solve? See, nothing sells like problems. Nothing sells like what? Like problems. 
I was listening to an interview recently. It's an old interview, relatively old interview. You know, an interview, um, this guy was being interviewed, the founder of Veritasi, one of the top real estate companies in Nigeria. And the person I was interviewing him asked the question, said, where do you think is the best place to make money? And he said, sir, let me be honest with you. I've done business in Dubai, done business in the US, done business in the UK, done business in South Africa, and done business in Nigeria. I said, the best place and easiest place to make money is in Nigeria. He said, really? He said, because Nigeria has many problems. Anywhere you see problem, you are seeing money. So when people say, ah, the reason why I want to relocate is because of money, you are leaving the money. If you want to relocate, relocate for another reason, not because of money. <laughs> the easiest place to make money is where you see problems. That's why when you go on international flights, people will tell you, when you are going, you see a lot of blacks. Everybody on board, they are blacks. When you are coming back, you see a lot of whites, less blacks. What are they coming to do here? You think they are stupid? No, they are not. <laughs> see, nothing sells like problems. So when you have identified a problem, because everybody actually knows problems. So you now, now, now look for the solution to those problems. Start thinking. You know, some people can analyze and analyze and criticize everything. Oh, they should have done it like this. They should have done it like that. This is not supposed to be here. You have identified the problem and you are thinking of solutions. Sell the solution. Sell the solution. Because nothing sells like problems. Hmm. Nothing sells. Don't complain about problems. Sell the solution to the problems. Sell the solutions. Number 10, sell your experience. Sell your experience. What qualifies you as the best person to solve the identified problem? What qualifies you? It is the experience you have. That's why you see job offers. They say two years experience, five years experience. Why? Because we don't have the time to be teaching you everything from the scratch. And let me tell you, this is biblical. The Bible says that when the king of Babylon was looking for boys that will serve in his court, in Daniel chapter 1, the Bible says, I think we should go there, let's read Daniel chapter 1. Let's have it on the screen. Daniel chapter 1 verse 3, I believe. Daniel chapter 1 verse 3, should be verse 3 and verse 4, maybe verse 3 to verse 5. Daniel chapter 1. Alright. So the king ordered Asphenas, the chief of his court officials, to bring some of the Israelites from the royal family and from the nobility. Keep going. Young men without any physical defect. Good looking, suitable for instruction in all wisdom. Knowledgeable, perceptive, and capable. Did you see that? Of serving in the king's palace and to teach them the Chaldean language and literature. So the king was not looking for people that he would train. He was looking for people that already had experience. <laughs> he was looking for, that's why the best paying jobs, that's why they always have a lot of experience. They will say, seven years experience because we can't start training you. You will not say, hey, but I don't have experience. See, it is not body's responsibility to give you experience. You must be the one to gain the experience yourself. That's why some people, when they apply for jobs, they don't know the reason why they don't get jobs. You have left school five years ago. The first job you got is five years after. What happened between them? Because people are running after money instead of developing capacity. So they see the gather. So what happened? So is it now that you just woke up that you are supposed to be working? 
So you slept, walk through life for five years. Nobody believes you and takes you seriously. It's better to be any less and beginning experience uh, than to be fed freely and have no experience. You know, the reason why some people don't take certain responsibilities is because <laughs> they are still comfortable. And I've told us a couple of times, comfort is the enemy of success and progress. It's not failure, it's comfort. The more comfortable you are, the more your hunger dies. So wisdom says as you rise in life, keep yourself hungry. There are certain comforts you don't give yourself. Hmm. There are certain things that you do like the mother ego to make your environment comfortable so that your hunger can, be, can still stay alive. One of the things I learned from my pastor is that he always say far below his capacity by time. And sometimes back I asked him, he said, because I want to keep my hunger. I want to keep my hunger. I want to keep my hunger. I remember many years ago, I think it was, this even over 10 years ago. You know, when, if you drive a Range Rover, you are a massive big boy. But like three, four months later, you know, uh, I think this should be like 12 years ago, he sold the car. So, everybody was like, what happened, you know? <laughs> he said, I wanted to keep my hunger. My pastor wants to be changing his car every two, two months, every three, three months. He has the capacity. But the last time I checked, is he using the same car he has been using for the last four years? Why? Hunger. See, if you are living according to your level, your hunger will soon die. Trust me. You will soon lose your hunger. And without hunger, there will be no desire for pursuing more. I hope someone is getting that. So sell your experience. You see, before they brought the virgins before King Saxes, the Bible says they were kept in a place for how many months? I think nine months thereabouts. What were they doing? They were training them or now to appear before the king. They were giving them experience. Because you don't show up before the king anyhow. Many of us are too quick to appear on the, under the spotlight without experience. We are too quick to run after opportunities you have not gained experience for. And what always happens is that when you appear in the place of opportunity without experience, you will lose the opportunity and never have access to those doors anymore. Imagine the day they brought David before Saul. And I said, ah, he can play the app well. And as he was playing, they were just, what nonsense is this? They would have chased him out. And he may never have entered the palace again, even though it was part of his destiny. Imagine if it was when they brought Joseph before the king, Pharaoh, that started building experience. The experience to govern a nation, he had already been, he had already started building it, even from his own father's house. How do I know? How did they sell Joseph? The Bible says his father sent him to go spy on his brothers, to check on the affairs of his flock. So it simply means even his father believed more in his managerial capacity than that of his elder brothers. When he got into this guy's house, Spotify, they also handed over everything to him because they saw his administrative and managerial capacity. When he got into the prison, the same thing happened. What was he doing? Gaining experience. Let me tell you this. You may not be where you want to be, but you better be gaining experience for when your opportunities will show up. So sell your experiences. Sell your experiences. Number next, 11, sell your products and service. You can see that products and service is number 11. 
<laughs> is that the first thing to say hello? Your product and your service. What value have you brought into the marketplace and what do you want to exchange for money? There is no free lunch in life. Sometimes I want to scream that into the ears and the brain of the average believer. There is no free lunch. There is no free lunch. There is no free lunch. Not even in free town. Nothing is free. Huh? Nothing is what? It's free. Nothing is free. People who want free things, you know where they end up? In jail. Because when you want something for nothing, that becomes stealing. And when you are caught, you are put where you are supposed to be. Because nothing is free. And the twelfth thing you need to sell is yourself. <laughs> yourself. Pastor, what do you mean? Am I supposed to put myself on display like a mannequin? <laughs> You've got to sell yourself. Because people buy more into people than they buy into products. Especially for those of us that are entrepreneurs, not just even entrepreneurs. You go for, maybe you're a career person and you go for an interview. There is something about when people see you for the first 30 seconds or 60 seconds. If they don't sync with you, no matter how many things you say, how good you are in oratory, <laughs> you'll just be shaking their head waiting for the interview to be over. You've got to sell yourself. And that simply means you need to make yourself believable. You need to present yourself in such a way that when people see you or when they hear you, they want to pay attention to what you're saying. They want to have something to do with you. See, you may be the best, but if you don't look like the best, nobody would have anything to do with you in the marketplace. If you're going to be relevant, and if you're going to express dominance in the marketplace, you must be an expert at selling yourself. Politicians have mastered this. You sell yourself. You sell yourself. You sell yourself. Why did Joseph, why did he change his appearance before appearing before Pharaoh? Have you ever thought about it? He was coming from the prison, but the Bible says that when they told him the king needed him, what did Joseph do? The Bible says he shaved his beard and changed his garment. Where did he get garment from? We all know that prisoners wear uniform. Because the way you appear matter in life. If he had appeared before Pharaoh, only God knows maybe he had kept the clothes somewhere, waiting for his day of opportunity. Or only God knows maybe whether he borrowed it. But that was the last one he borrowed. And sometimes people want to go for interviews, some kind of job, say, ah, but this is what I have. The world does not care about you. Yeah, I don't want to be. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I see some business proposals sometimes. I know where they will end up in their rightful place. You know their rightful place? The trash can. You want to bid for a job in eight figures. The proposal looks like a photocopy. You can't even invest 10,000 naira. You can't print DI. But you want us to entrust you with 100,000, I'll be 100 million naira. Ah, you have gotten it. In fact, you are the one we will give it to. <laughs> Sell yourself. And say, selling yourself is more than what you see. It has a lot to do with your appearance. It has a lot to do with everything we can see and perceive about you within the first 30 to 60 seconds. Even before you have the opportunity to open your mouth. Hmm. See, bad breath 
It's not good for anybody, no matter for how long you have been fasting. If you've been talking for a while, like I do a lot, ah, your breath will smell. And it's not anointing. If you are fasting and you've not eaten for a while, before you talk, ah, rinse your mouth with water. You say, ah, I need to, I need to fast for this interview. So as I'm talking, angels will be moving their hearts. Let angels move their heart freely because your breath can work against what angels want to do in your life. And lots of things that people are doing nowadays that they think is classy. See, nakedness is not classy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It is not. In fact, when you try to, when you try to sell something through nakedness, it is not that thing we are saying. It is the nakedness that is in the mind of the people you want to sell to. So sometimes when people say things like, oh, you know, in this particular job, and the men that I want to sell to, they are asking for something else. How are you selling yourself? Because nobody prizes a product that is not on display. Nobody does. Nobody does. You can't come to me now and ask my laptop, how much? Did I tell you I'm selling it? It's what you display people price. So if it is not on display, there will be no negotiation. You must learn to sell yourself in a positive light. Your smell goes a long way. As an adult, you can't be smelling of sweat. Oh, should we be talking about this in church? Don't talk about it in church. When Isaac was blessing his son, he said, your smell shall be like the field that the Lord has blessed. So it means there is a way, way blessed people smell. There is a way cost people smell. You may think I'm trying to be immoral, but it's in your Bible. There is a way you will smell and it will chase away your path of destiny. Because they don't even want to come close to you. Some people wonder, why is it that ah, quality people don't want to get close to me? Is your smell? I say, let me tell you something about smell. You cannot smell it because you're already used to the smell. All your life, you have been used to your smell. And when you are sweating, you shall smell. So sell yourself. And sell yourself well. You know, when Goliath appeared before the army of Israel, you know what he was doing? He was selling himself. What was he selling? His invincibility. That is, I'm invincible. Nobody can defeat me. And selling yourself comes in the place of consistency. So you can't present yourself in the marketplace or in your industry as a professional today, and tomorrow you are presenting yourself as an amateur. There has to be consistency. The way you're selling yourself, ask yourself, is it teenagers that will find me attractive, or is it professionals that will find what I'm selling attractive? In the bit to trend, I see a lot of people and what they are selling is the people you are trying to behave like them, they can't afford and pay for what you are offering. Doing videos on TikTok like Gen Z and Gen Z cannot afford what you are selling. You may have followers, but you will make no sales. And that's one of the things people are confusing in this generation. They confuse followers with sales. It's your bank account that will reflect to me what you are selling, what you are doing is correct. It's the way you present yourself and the people that can afford you, they just, this one is an unserious person. This, this one is not serious. This one is not serious. If we give her this money, first thing is, 
she will go and spend it on cream. You just know. Just know. See, the people that really have the money, they are conservative. Let me tell you this. So if you want to sell high-end products, you must present yourself as a conservative person. Not shaking bomb bomb online. Ah, it is university student that we buy from you, and they will prize you well. Prize you because they are spending from their pocket money, <laughs> so they have a lean budget. The people who have the money, you don't even know them too much. They don't want to be popular. See, real money does not shout; it whispers. So I see people making money, making noise online. They don't have nothing. I remember during the course of the week, first thing he was telling me about someone that we both know. <clears throat> someone was telling her that, ah, this person, I just like her. You know, ah, that person, she has money. In that industry, she's the richest among them. And we know that as that two weeks ago, that person was borrowing money. That person is in serious debt. But like people believe she has money. If that person enters into one emergency now, person will crash seriously see it is better to be rich than to look rich be it even if you don't look like it just be it live in a world of perception while perception is important but don't let perception be greater than your reality don't let it be greater don't let it be greater so if you're going to sell yourself you have to be consistent you have to be consistent are you selling yourself as a professional? And there is nothing wrong in selling to teenagers and Gen Zs if that's your target market. But remember, I've said a couple of times, you either make money through quality or quantity. Right? But you have to be consistent. You can't be presenting a message today that speaks to professionals and high-end clients, and tomorrow you are presenting yourself like you are selling to teenagers. It has to be consistency. That's what the Bible says. 40 days, Goliath kept saying the same thing. If you read it in 1 Samuel chapter 17, the Bible says he will wake up. So they were doing devotion. <laughs> the army Israel, um, the Israelite army, they were doing devotion every day with Goliath. Consistency. So the people that the first day that they even had him, like, what's wrong with this one? We can kill him. When they had him for one week, three weeks, before you know it, he had sold himself so well to them, such that even when David appeared before Saul that he could kill him, even David, Saul did not believe David could kill Goliath. So he has been fighting, he had believed what the enemy was saying. Because to sell yourself, nobody would believe you immediately. Nobody would believe you immediately. And let me tell you this, there are some people that they already know you now, they will not buy from you until seven years from now. Trust me. Trust me. My pastor told me something years ago that has really helped me. He said, don't be under pressure. He said, there are some people listening to you now. They will not be a part of your church until five, ten years' time. Over the weekend, I was in a meeting, and a pastor was introducing someone to him. He said, do you know him? I said, no. He said, this is one of the people that watch you every service. He's in the U.S. So the person said, pastor, I watch every message. I was like, what? The person, I don't know the person. So there are people looking at your business now. They've already made up their mind. Ah, when I want to buy this thing, you are the one I will buy from. But you, you are just misbehaving. You sell yourself like someone that's serious-minded today. Tomorrow, you are on the latest trend. So they are not sure. Because your fountain is giving out hot and cold water. 
So people don't know what to expect. To sell yourself effectively, you must be consistent. You must be consistent. Consistency in your industry. Consistency in your medium. Consistency in your approach. When we see you in person, when we connect with you online, we should see that consistency. We should not be confused. We should know this is what this person is selling. We should know this is who this person is selling to. We should know this is the person or the kind of people this person is trying to attract. Don't send out mixed messages. Don't send out mixed messages. I believe you've been blessed this morning. Father, in the